everyone. Welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. My guest today is Brad Yates. We're going to talk about emotional freedom techniques, otherwise known as tapping. And I thought this would be a fun little change. I think we could all use a little emotional freedom. Uh, I know I've been uh, feeling definitely bogged down by the weight of everything. <laughs> so um, I also want to just uh, let you know that you can support the podcast. Uh, I have all the links below. People always ask about uh, what I'm drinking. It's Element. I, I love salt and they're awesome. So you can go to Drink Element. Uh, dot com forward slash Courtney Turner. We also have, I think this is a really good time to, the full moon is coming and it's a good time to do Parasite Cleanse uh, as we have our sponsor, bravetv.store forward slash quartz, or you can just use quartz as a promo code. Uh, you can also just Ben me, send me a gives and go. Um, what else do I have? You can buy me a coffee or you can just like and share and subscribe and uh, send me nice words and all of that is really great and I appreciate it. So, all right, well, I'm going to bring on Brad. Hello, how are you doing? Hey, Courtney, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here and uh, bearing with me as a Luddite because uh, <laughs> normally I have uh, my fiance who does my production and he is not here today. So I was very nervous that I would somehow screw up because Zoom is super easy with StreamYard. I feel like it, there's a couple of extra steps and I, yeah. but I did it. So you did great. We're off to a great start. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, how did you learn about tapping and? emotional freedom techniques and how did you get involved in this and uh, why are you such a fan of it <laughs> how does a grown man find himself tapping on his face for a living uh, right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's tapping is literally a process of tapping and it, for anyone who's who's new to this i know it looks a little strange but but bear with us because there's a really good reason why why we do this so I uh, I actually started out as an actor. I had traveled mm -hmm. the world doing theater, went to Hollywood to be a movie star, as one does. Uh -huh. And while I was there, I, I met I'm a woman. I'm familiar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So I, I met a woman, fell in love, and got married. And when our first child was on the way, I thought, I might need a second career. <laughs> and, right. uh, you know, I'd, I'd played a doctor on TV, but uh, not enough to support a family. So I had always been interested in the power of the mind, and I saw an ad for hypnotherapy school, and I thought mm -hmm. that would be a cool, cool second career. So I started doing that. I, I'm so sorry. I, I hate to interrupt you, but I just have to share. That was my first job out of college, actually. Really? I was a and it was my acting teacher who recommended me. To, for the job and for the certification, because she was like, I had a very strong background in psychology. I wrote a 285 page thesis on dream analysis when I was in high school. So I had a very strong, uh, you know, background in the field. My mom was a psychologist and she said, this would be right up your alley and it's a flexible schedule. So you would have time for auditions and it was decent pay. At least it was better than, you know, the typical kind of odds and end jobs. So yeah, but I couldn't be hypnotized. So I ended up quitting after nine months because I felt like a fraud. Oh. I helped a lot of people there, you know, it was mostly kind of like behavior modification, things like Absolutely. You know, sleeping habits, eating habits, nail biting, smoking, that sort of thing. And so yeah. I, I felt good about what I was doing, but I couldn't be hypnotized. And they were always doing experiments like, you know, you would go through it to learn the process, like research is me search type of thing. Yeah. And I could never be hypnotized. And so I felt like a fraud and I quit. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's just no, it's really okay. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's always interesting when we find that these similarities yeah. in, in life patterns. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I have loved the, the process, mm -hmm. uh, both receiving hypnosis and, uh, and delivering it. Mm -hmm. And uh, after doing that for a couple of years, doing the hypnosis and the acting alongside each other, uh, a couple of years later, when our second child was on the way, I realized that as much as I loved acting, mm -hmm. doing personal development work was really my calling. This mm -hmm. is like, this is what I'm here to do. Mm -hmm. So we packed up and left Los Angeles, moved to Northern California. And through some other hypnotherapists, I heard about this, this energy psychology conference going on in Las Vegas, where they were doing this tapping thing. And I thought, Okay, I'm game. You know, I know this. When people first see this, they go, oh, "Okay, I don't know about that's weird." But in my training as an actor, I had also gone to Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey Clown College, so this was not the strangest thing I'd ever been asked to do. 
I, so, I, I'm also an aerial acrobatic performer, so I'm familiar with circ yeah, arts as yeah. well. <laughs> All kinds of things aligning here. Yeah, I see um, it. So, yeah, so I took a, a training with Gary Craig, the founder of VFT. Okay. And I just fell in love with this process, particularly one of the first things he had us do was uh, gave everybody a piece of chocolate and said, mm. on a scale of zero to 10, how much would you like this chocolate? And I was a bit of a chocoholic at the time. And I'm like eight, nine. And he just had us tap for a few moments on, oh, I really want this chocolate, really want this chocolate. And after just a couple of minutes, I could not eat the chocolate. And I didn't eat chocolate for two years after that. Now, I, I recovered. I got better. <laughs> but... Um, but I just, it was fascinating. It's like, wow, that is, there's something really profound to this right. process. So after that conference with my hypnotherapy clients, I started at the very end of session saying, hey, I have this new technique I just want to try out with you. And little by little, it became my main technique. And they became mostly tapping sessions with a little bit of hypnosis at the end. Wow. So what is it that you think is so effective about it? I mean, it seemed kind of, well, uh, we'll get into it, obviously, but yeah. it seemed kind of, well, to somebody who doesn't know, maybe a little silly and maybe, uh, you know, kind of pointless. I, I, Sorry, I don't mean to sound judgment, but for somebody who's not, it's like, well, you know, I actually, it's funny too, this, I just saw the movie Argyle um, last week. I don't know okay. if you've seen it yet. But they not yet, actually, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Well, I won't give much away, but she actually does some tapping in it. So yeah, awesome. little by little, there are uh, there are a number of uh, films and TV shows that are because people are fine and they're fine and it's so effective and so quick. Right. So it, it it's so interesting you use the term pointless because in a particular way tapping is pointless because it's based on acupuncture mm -hmm. but without the needles. Mm -hmm. So so it's <laughs> acupuncture that's pointless. Right. Um, just to, a little pun there but uh but for thousands of years in chinese medicine they've said there's a flow of energy through the body along right. pathways that are called meridians yeah. and when the energy is flowing naturally we experience our natural state of health and well-being physically and emotionally mm -hmm. and when this energy gets stuck then we don't feel so good we don't think as clearly we don't make the best choices and that has all kinds of unfortunate consequences for us so in traditional Chinese medicine, the doctor would stick needles in these key points to stimulate that healthy flow of energy. And we're just doing the same thing, but just by tapping on these same points. So while it, it looks a little strange, if you're not familiar to it, for people who've done acupuncture, it's like, oh, that's just where you would stick needles. You're just doing it mm -hmm. with your fingertips instead of sticking needles in there. Right. And it's one of the quickest forms of stress relief that mm -hmm. I've ever found. It's a totally natural way of doing it. So I said, based on thousands of years of Chinese medicine, but we have a growing body of scientific research mm. showing how it downregulates stress uh, with mm. cortisol tests. Cortisol is one of the stress hormones. Mm -hmm. And we can see in, in experiments with tapping, cortisol levels dropping dramatically. Mm. There are fMRI studies where you can see the brain activity. And after tapping, the brain activity normalizes. Mm. So uh, even though... For many, many years, people have been tapping and going, oh, I definitely feel better. This this has definitely made a difference, sometimes very profoundly. We also yeah. now have a growing body of scientific research showing, yeah, it's not just anecdotal. It's not people just convincing themselves. There's, <laughs> there are biological markers showing that it's uh, that it definitely has a point. There's, there's a very good reason why we do this. Even if it looks silly, it's like it's worth it because – we're experiencing so much stress. As you said, there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Most of us are walking around with a little device that's constantly telling us, here's something else to be stressed out about. Yeah. <laughs> and most of us don't have a healthy way of dealing with that. So right. that's what this is. It's a very healthy way to deal it with that. It feels stress. good. I mean, I can see like just, yeah, like almost like a little massage. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So what have you seen, like you were saying that you worked with a, a lot of hypnotherapy uh, clients and you were finding that the tapping was actually becoming most of the session. So what were some of the results you, you've seen personally, anecdotally, and then we yeah. can talk about some of the scientific research? Yeah, I've worked with folks on all kinds of different issues. Mm -hmm. uh, I've worked with pain relief. Um, one of my favorite ones, I, was, I, I had a booth at a health fair. And someone came over and I was talking to him and, and his back was really bothering him. And I said, on oh, this case, scale of zero to 10, how bad is it? He goes, it's like an eight. And we did some tapping and um, thanked me and he and his uh, girlfriend walked off. 
And like two hours later, he came over and he said, I don't know if you know, but in another part of the park, there's a dance floor and there, we've been over there dancing. And what the heck did you do to me? Because I was dancing just fine. <laughs> so we, we conceive those kinds of physical shifts right. uh, with emotional shifts with people, traumatic events that have bothered them for decades. And sometimes, uh, sometimes it may just be after a few moments, someone can look back and say, it doesn't even bother me to think about that. Now, I'm not promising that it always happens that quickly. Right. Sometimes the process is much slower. Right. But, but there are times where we get very quick results where emotional issues no longer bother people. I've seen things like career advancement, self-esteem growing. I had, a, I had a client who had her own company, and she would call up every so often to do a session. She said, yeah, my staff has said to me, you need to do another session with Brad because every time you do, we all make more money. <laughs> so <laughs> there's all kinds of different ways that, and it, it seems like, wow, that's how can something that simple affect so many different things? But when you consider that most, if not all of the issues that trouble us mm-hmm. are either caused by or at least worsened by stress, then you can see that having a simple technique for relieving stress can be so beneficial in so many areas. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. So when you you were saying it's based on thousands of years of Chinese medicine, so which did this come out of Chinese medicine or was this around first? I mean, as you would think well, it's a, the like Chinese medicine or, or acupuncture rather, because Chinese medicine is a much broader scope, but yes, acupuncture yes. is you're using a device, right? You have the needles or this is just yeah. So, uh, right. yeah. So which one so, came first and how does, yeah. Well, acupuncture came first. That's, that's been okay. around for thousands of years, okay. but there's also acupressure where right. it is just applying pressure with fingertips on mm-hmm. those same points. Right. So what happened is around 1980, uh, there's a psychologist named Dr. Roger Callahan mm-hmm. and he was working with this client had a lifelong water phobia. She was about 40 years old, couldn't go near water. I was like, bathing was challenging for because water was so disturbing to her after a year and a half of working with her and she'd been with different been to different therapists throughout her life after a year and a half of working with dr callahan the best she could do was to sit outside near a swimming pool but she couldn't be looking at she had to be looking away and that was difficult but she could get at least get that close so uh, Dr. Callahan had been, you know, expanding his horizons and learning different things was taking a course in acupressure. So one day he says to this client, what is the physical manifestation of this fear when you think about water? And she said, well, mostly I get a knot in my stomach. And he said, okay, well, let's see. One of the key points for the stomach meridian is right under the eye. So let's just see what happens if we just tap under your eye for a moment. Went like that. And she said, it's gone. And he said, what's gone? She said, the fear. And she ran out of the house and ran towards the swimming pool. And he's running after her saying, wait, stop. And she goes, it's okay. I know I don't know how to swim. But she got down by the water and was splashing water in her face and said, I feel fine. So naturally, Dr. Callan is thinking, okay, that's interesting. Right, right. So he starts experimenting with different patients of his and tapping using this acupressure on different points for different issues. And he came up with these different algorithms. Uh, you know, if, if the person was experiencing anxiety, he would tap three points in a, in a particular sequence. If they were feeling anger, he would tap a couple of other different points in different sequences and called this thought field therapy. And then within a year, he put himself out of business because all of his patients were like, I'm fine, doc. See you later. Wow. So he started teaching this. And one of his first students was a gentleman named Gary Craig. And Gary was uh, had a degree in engineering from Stanford. So thinking like an engineer, he said, how do we simplify this? Because right now we have to come up with all these different algorithms for different issues. And we have to figure out, okay, what do we have to do? And we're using eight points, these different mm-hmm. points on the on the face and torso. What if we just tap all of those eight points in a row? And he found that by doing this simplified version, he was getting the same great results. And so he called this emotional freedom techniques or EFT. And that's the process we mostly use now. Huh. Wow. That's so interesting. It's really kind of new, actually. Uh, Yeah. Since around the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So 
what is, how does, I'm just curious about like the whole field and how does that, right? Like, I mean, so is it just individuals do this or therapists using this? Do hypnotherapists, like who would you go to, to see this or do you just learn on your own? Sorry, I knew nothing about this. So. That's, that's okay. Yeah. These are all great questions, Courtney. And I'm glad you're asking to, to, mm-hmm. for, you know, for anyone in your audience who's not familiar mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of, there are a lot of people like me who started as hypnotherapists and have gotten into this. Mm-hmm. There are lots of licensed therapists. There are MDs, psychiatrists who are using this. Uh, as an adjunct to their... Yeah, yeah. because it ta- when we're feeling issues, we feel them in our bodies. It's not, it's not just all in our heads. Right. <laughs> it really is yeah. in our body. And that's where we store it. You know, as uh, Dr. Bessel Bendekoch, one of the yeah, the, the body early keeps leaders, the score. The body keeps the score, so yeah. we got to deal with the body. Yeah. The body keeps the score. We can't just talk to the head and hope. Hippocrates to, said, "All disease starts in the gut." There yeah. you go. So, and, and uh, Dr. Vanderkoch uses uh, tapping as one of his main techniques when he's working with with trauma patients. Mm-hmm. So it it allows us to address the the issue where we're feeling it in the body, where we're holding on to it so that we can release it. And tapping on its own silently is very beneficial for stress relief. And then when we do the talking, which may involve components of hypnotic languaging or NLP or cognitive behavioral therapy, then it can make it that much more effective. Sure, that makes sense. So somebody does somebody necessarily need to know I guess what I'm asking, so like sometimes when you're dealing with trauma, some people are of the mindset, like you need to directly address the trauma. Uh, and then, of course, someone like uh, uh, Vanderkoll would say, you know, you can release trauma um, physically without actually addressing, because for some people, it re-traumatizes them and it's actually less productive to address the trauma directly. Yeah. And that's why tapping is so beneficial in working with trauma, because as we're as we're tapping while we talk about an issue, we're calming down the nervous system as opposed mm-hmm. to getting excited. So we're not re-traumatizing ourselves. We're actually mm-hmm. processing it. And for many people, talking about the the issue can help uh, process it. Mm-hmm. But it's also in the body, so we can tap and take it out. I one of the analogies I use with folks sometimes is, you know, you have you have your trash can in your kitchen. And you fill it up, and then at the end of the week, you tie up the bag and you take and you put it on the garbage. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to, when you go out to the garbage, you don't have to open the bag and once again go back through and go, oh, here's the milk carton I finished yesterday. Here's the carton of eggs from uh, several days ago. You just throw the bag out and you go back in your kitchen, your kitchen smells better because it's gone. So mm-hmm. I always, you know, with my clients, I leave it up to their higher selves. Like, do we allow yourself to be aware of what you need to be aware of and release whatever you can release without having any cognitive uh, awareness of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we just know because either the person is still feeling the upset in their body mm-hmm. or they can talk about the issue or, or think about it to whatever extent they want to and go, yeah, it's not bothering anymore. And we can hear it in their voice. You know, I'll ask someone about a situation and as they're talking about it, they'll start crying and say, I thought I dealt with this. And then I ask them about it again. And they're like, yeah, no, it happened. You right. know? Yeah, no, definitely. I think that some, for some, sometimes, you know, as you said, sometimes talking through things is helpful for people, Absolutely. but I, I definitely think that there's an overemphasis on that. And for some people that really can be re-traumatizing. And even if it cognitively helps them, you know, if it's, phys- if it's stored physically, that's not necessarily going to help the physical manifestation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I- ideally having both and, mm-hmm. and there may be lessons that we need to learn. So it can be mm-hmm. very beneficial to, to bring that stuff up. Mm-hmm. Maybe. You know, mm-hmm. it, but it's creating that safe space. So the tapping helps to create a safe space to talk about these things and, and figure out how much we need to talk about it and, and where we can release it. But it but allows us to know I, I'm safe. I'm safe mm-hmm. right now. And I'm talking about things that happened in the past. Right. And it's uh, really a, a, a very compassionate process in that way. Mm-hmm. You were saying, so they had found the eight points. Um they, do, so with tapping, do you use all of them or you, you, cause you were saying like with the 
acupuncture, acupressure, you know, there's specific meridian points. So with tapping, do you uh, correlate those or you do all? How does that work? Yeah. Because we're using all of the points, it's not as necessary to be specific about which point is associated with which meridian mm -hmm. and which organ. The, the meridians tend to be aligned with a particular organ, which tends to be aligned with a particular emotion. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, the under the eye point is related to the stomach meridian, and it's often related to fear. But that doesn't mean that if you're experiencing fear, that this is necessarily going to be the point that you want to tap. So. In EFT, we're just going through all of these points. It's like, well, we'll cover all the bases. There's no harm in it. It's not like, oh, you had this anxiety, but you tapped the anger points, and now the anxiety is not going to go away. <laughs> so it, covering all the bases just in case. So in the general version of EFT, we do tap all of these points. Now, I'll also tell mm -hmm. folks, if you feel inclined to stay on a certain point, mm -hmm. go with that. There's no need to go to the next point. So we'll generally tap these points between five and 10 times, but it's not like, oh, I tapped that point five times. Now I have to move on to the next point. <laughs> go with it. I, with Dr. Callahan, when he worked with this woman with a water phobia, he only tapped under the eye. And so we may feel compelled to just tap one particular point. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I, I tell folks to trust their judgment on that. Mm -hmm. But in general, when we're going through the process, we will go through the eight major points. Hmm. Would you, is there much uh, experience with children in this? Yeah, I, I actually wrote a children's book because okay. I wanted kids to, to learn how to do this because so many of the issues that trouble us as adults and, and confine us, mm -hmm. you know, and we're not even aware of how confined we are. We have so many choices of what we can do and where we can go, but our, we're redirected because of stress that comes up at a very subtle level. Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, why didn't I go to that place? Why didn't I, why didn't I show up at that party and, and meet those people that were there? Mm -hmm. Why didn't I go to that job interview? Because I had a stress response saying that's not safe, which more often than not is based on some misinterpretation of something that happened as a child. Mm -hmm. So teach kids how to tap and, you know, something happens like their best friend takes their toy away mm -hmm. and they're thinking, oh, nobody likes me. It's like, no, come on, let's tap. That's not that nobody likes you. <laughs> who knows why Johnny was being, uh, you know, mischievous today or whatever, but it's not about you. And then when we don't, we don't carry those beliefs into our adulthood and having them confine us. Right. So yeah, it's, it's great to be able to, to share this with kids. I have a yeah. few videos and, and, and a children's book to, to help kids learn it. Yeah. I, I would imagine, I mean, I don't know, but I would, I would think that it might also be a great tool for, uh, you know, what they diagnose as like behavioral issues, like children with the ADD or even on the spectrum, like types of autism, I could see it being very soothing for them. I don't know. That's just my, my guess. Yeah. Everyone, whatever issues we might have physical or, or emotional, we're dealing with stress. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to make any claims of, oh yes, right. tapping will cure ADHD. Right. Or, uh, you know, take you off the spectrum, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it can help to help us manage mm -hmm. a lot of the things that go along with it. And great for parents too, who mm -hmm. are, right. you know, feeling very stressed out about what their children are going through. Mm -hmm. There have been plenty of times as a parent, even though my, as my kids are adults now, there are times where <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to, you know, cope with this new life thing that they're going through. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking in terms of uh, if it's uh, operating on the central nervous system regulation, a lot of those issues are a manifestation of dysregulated central nervous system. So I'm not saying that they're I, I wouldn't, I don't know yeah. enough to make those claims. We're not anyway. making any medical claims yeah, here. Exactly. A, <laughs> I, I don't know enough to make the claim, but I, but I'm just saying like that, it seems like it would make sense for someone who is having symptoms that are a result of nervous system dysregulation. I mean, there are other things, that, uh, there are other factors, obviously, um, but that's a big one, you know, and that's part of why so many, uh, you know, uh, so many of those uh, who are diagnosed with those types of things tend to act out. Um, is because they're feeling they're they're dysregulated and right. they don't know how to contain. 
So it's that's a response a, to uh, to yeah. emotional discomfort right. and or physical discomfort. Right. And so while this may not be, you know, an instant cure, it can certainly help to to move through that and and process whatever is going on. Right. Yeah. No, that that's great. Um, so yeah, you were going to go through some of the scientific research and like you were talking about the brain studies and uh, yeah. Yeah, my uh, one of my dear friends is a woman named Dr. Peter Stapleton, who is a psychology professor uh, mm-hmm. at a university in in Australia. Mm-hmm. Traditional scientific psychologist when she heard about this had her skepticism and then started experimenting with it and she's done some of the lead research uh she has a book out called the science behind tapping and yeah she was the first one to do fmri studies Uh they uh, the first one they did was on people with food cravings and so they put someone in an fmri machine and show images of food that they craved and they could see where the parts of the brain were lighting up like crazy take them out do some tapping and then put them back in, and those parts of the brain normalized uh, as they again looked at those foods. So it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, she replicated a study done by another friend of mine, Dr. Dawson Church, with cortisol levels. So mm-hmm. he had done a double blind study, you know, gold standard scientific study with um, three groups with testing their cortisol. So again, cortisol is one of the main stress hormones. And when they were uh, doing the results, the uh, the lab technicians threw out the first batch of results because the group that had done the tapping, their cortisol levels had dropped so significantly by like an average of 24%. They said, okay, that's that's not right. So we must have messed up. Recalibrated the machines, ran it through again. It's like, no, no, they actually did calm down that much through the wow. tapping and and those st- that study has now been replicated uh, a number of times that's amazing yeah, yeah. That, that's really interesting so and that you said that's been replicated that has been replicated yeah, yeah. yeah. that's cortisol regulation is definitely tough for a lot of people and it's not so much uh, like a lot of people think because you hear about elevated cortisol, but oftentimes the problem is actually an inversion of cortisol. So people, you know, the the cortisol pattern is supposed to be like you, you have a, it's called like the cortisol awakening. So it's actually supposed to spike right before you wake up. That's what helps you wake up. And then, you know, throughout the day, it's it drops off, you know, obviously at night, you get tired. But a lot of people, because of our unnatural lifestyle, you know, we're indoors, we're looking at screens, we have blue light. And so oftentimes people have a hard time getting that cortisol up in the morning to wake them up. And this is why a lot of people are addicted to coffee and things, stimulants, and then they have a hard time shutting down at night. So it's kind of an inverse. And cortisol is actually inversely correlated to insulin, which is oftentimes why people have a lot of blood sugar dysregulation. You know, it's chicken egg, one can cause the other, but but they are absolutely. Really, but yeah. one of the things that happens is, uh, so we have this part of the brain in the midbrain called the amygdala that's mm-hmm. looking for threat. Mm-hmm. And when that uh, is stimulated and we feel threatened, we go into fight or flight. And the the thinking part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, basically goes offline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. cortisol and, and adrenaline are are stimulated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is this is why so much advertising is is mm-hmm. fear based right. because. We're going to make you very afraid, and then you won't think clearly, and you'll buy and our We're going to sell you something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the so, media is uh, really good at it. I know all about it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, every kind of media, political campaigns and yeah. products and everything out there is designed to make us afraid so that we're not thinking as clearly as possible. And it's all coming across with this. So we want to be able to calm ourselves down and think as clearly as possible so we make the best choices for ourselves. And, uh, yeah, so the, so as we tap and calm down that, that stress response, Mm -hmm. prefrontal cortex comes back online and it's like, it's the all clear. And it's like, okay, we're actually safe right now. Mm -hmm. It's not the, the the danger is not clear and present (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. and it's okay. And what, what really the best choice for me right now? Mm-hmm. So we can make much better choices for ourselves. And that's things we're making choices throughout the day. So many of them, we're making them unconsciously based on what we're feeling emotionally mm-hmm. in terms of what we're eating, in terms of how we're talking to people, 
Mm-hmm. And as we calm ourselves down, we can make much healthier choices about our behavior with others, about our eating habits, about how we take care of ourselves, about our career, about how we deal with money. Mm. You know, we, we, so many of us spend emotionally, you know, reach, yeah. retail therapy. I feel bad. I have to buy something. It's like, yeah, that's nice for the moment, but uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a price to be paid. So allowing Literally. ourselves, yeah, allowing ourselves to to downregulate that that mm-hmm. stress in a much more healthy way, so that we can say, "What do I really want here? What's really for my highest good? What's really for the highest good of those around me?" Right. Have Have you seen that? Like, uh, people, I, I'd be curious to see if there were studies done on decision making, like before and after. I. I can attest to it just in my own life okay, where, yeah. where, where I'm, you know, something happens and, and, and these things happen so unconsciously, but I find myself, you know, walking into the kitchen to get something to eat that I, you know, in between meals that I don't need. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, wait, a minute, what, what's going on here? What's bothering me? And, and so I can tap and go, I'm not hungry right now. I don't want extra calories right now. Right. Uh, when I'm, when I'm talking to somebody and they're, they might be saying something that's really bothering me. And I'll just be sitting there and I, I might tap on the, there are fingertip points that we can tap so I can, you know, be tapping where they can't see mm-hmm. and I can be calming down and going, don't engage. Don't say something that's going to cre- elevate this, this argument. Just, mm-hmm. just be cool right now. So, uh, allowing, allowing myself and I, and I've definitely seen it with other people too, where they have talked about, boy, I, I was in a meeting with my boss and I wasn't nearly as, as triggered as I've been before. Well, that's great. Yeah. If we, it's kind of like a pause button. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, there are people who say, oh, when you're in an argument, if someone upsets you, count to 10 before you say anything. Just mm-hmm. stop, right. stop that thing. It's like, okay, that's like a train that's, that's coming by and saying, reach out and just grab it and stop. <laughs> so, uh, you know, sometimes we can do it. There are times where that's very effective, but there are times that train's already picked up so much momentum. You can't just, you know, think it and stop it. Right. But if we can find a way to to remember to, okay, wait a minute, I'm having an emotional response here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting stressed out at the moment. Something's some buttons being pushed. Right. I don't want to react out of that and say or do something that I'm going to regret later. Right. And then we so having this simple way so it, it and as I said you can tap without even saying anything so you don't have to come up with clever wording. Right. And, at, at the moment, you can just allow yourself to start calming down and going, all right, let me take a moment. <laughs> What's really in my best interest at this moment? <laughs> I, I feel like this could be a very helpful uh, social media tactic. <laughs> Amen, Courtney. <laughs> I, I definitely, I tell people when you're, when you're looking at social media, when you're watching the news, If you must watch the news, if you must read the news, (laughs) I encourage you to tap because your amygdala is going to get hijacked. Mm -hmm. You know, the media and social media are going to use things that are designed to get an emotional reaction to try to get from you. And and a lot of it's not true. And so Mm -hmm. take a moment to go, okay, I'm on social media. Sometimes it's not even human. Sometimes it's literal bots and you're like arguing with bots (laughs) and we're getting upset and our life, I'm going along trying to create this great life and suddenly I'm off track and I'm all upset and I'm fighting with a potentially a bot. Yeah. (laughs) Things that are completely made up. Right. uh, Designed exactly to take me off track. Right. And it's like, I am not going to be a slave to that. I am mm-hmm. taking back control of my life. I have things to do. We have gifts mm-hmm. and talents to share to make the world a better place. Yeah. Do not be sidetracked by, by things that are just designed to manipulate you mm-hmm. and, and allow yourself to go, okay, what am I really here to do? What is the difference that I can make? What are my gifts and talents to share? And I might look at social media, I, I ideally want to focus on things that bring me joy, funny mm-hmm. cat videos, inspirational mm-hmm. messages, and this other stuff that's d- designed to just get us upset. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to play. <laughs> I have too much good in my life. I have too many blessings in my life to to trash that all because somebody is trying to manipulate me. Right. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. 
So what, uh, I, when you, so do you still work with people? Do you work one-on-one or you just teach them like on three I videos folks. or? Yeah. I, I, so I have my YouTube channel. I have right. 1400 videos on YouTube now. Yeah. I saw you have the last library. Yeah. So whatever's bothering you, there's a tab for that. <laughs> um, but I work with clients one-on-one. I work in groups online. Mm-hmm. I do live workshops around the world. Mm-hmm. I just got back. I did some workshops in Ireland and Amsterdam uh, just last month. And yeah, I just I just love sharing this because people have gifts and talents to share. And I want people to experience this freedom to enjoy life and and be their best version of themselves. So I always have Michelangelo's David all over the place because Michelangelo said, the statues are already there perfect inside the marble. Mm -hmm. All I have to do is chip away what doesn't belong to reveal the masterpiece inside. To me, that's what we're doing with the tapping. All of the anger and unworthiness and guilt and shame that just keeps us stuck inside that marble, we're just chipping that away to reveal the joy and the love and the peace and the gifts and talents that we can share with the world to make the world a better place. So that's, you know, the, my, so Michelangelo's David is in my logo. It's, it's, it's like the perfect metaphor for what we're doing with the tapping. Yeah. I was wondering about the, the Michelangelo. Yeah. The David. That's, that's and then I have the, the creation hands. Yeah. Cause if, if you've ever looked closely at, at, at the Sistine Chapel at the, at the yeah. picture, God's finger is like this, stretched out, and Adam's finger is kind of limp. And with yeah. a little bit more effort on man's part <laughs> or woman's part, we connect. So mm-hmm. it's it's looking at where's the resistance, where's that fear of being that best version of ourselves, and then we tap to clear that and share the masterpiece that we are. Wow. So so most of it is really addressing stress and fear. That's a there. It's been said that there's two emotions ultimately. Mm-hmm. There's fear and there's love. Right. So what doesn't feel like love is fear. Right. And when we and so when we're able to clear I, the fear, I agree. I always say that. I think those yeah. are opposites. Oftentimes people say love and hate are opposites, but actually those are kind of closer together. I mean, yeah. you have to be pretty passionate to be hateful. <laughs> like and, um, you know, I would say the opposite of hate is more like apathy, indifference. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's and not not love, caring at all. Yeah. But Love and fear, definitely. The, uh, you know, people often call them the negative emotions. I don't like to call them negative emotions because all emotions are part of the human spectrum. Well, it's, and they're, actually, they're, I mean, uh, fear and anger, things that people talk often associate as being negative can actually be quite useful. They they're can necessary be very, for survival. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're misused most of the time, though. Mm-hmm. And they're, they can, can be channeled very healthily. Yeah. yeah. But more often than not, they are they are misused and they're and they're based on misinformation. Mm-hmm. So many of the things that we're angry about are are based on misinformation, our own misunderstandings or something mm-hmm. that someone is telling us. Like you said on social media, the the stuff that's put out there, mm-hmm. it's misinformation, and so that anger. So it's what we want to. I, I like to say anger is like a, a smoke detector. Mm-hmm. You know. A smoke detector is not a bad thing. It's very mm-hmm. useful. If there's a fire in the house, I want that alarm going off. Right. But once I've put the fire out, it's okay for the alarm to go off. And a lot of times we just, we don't put the fire out. We just get upset about the alarm. Right. You know, social media, people are so upset about so many things. They don't do anything about it. They're just angry. And then they go take it out on other people. So <laughs> anger is useful if it wakes you up and say, Here's something that needs to be addressed. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go find a solution for that. And if I can't have an effect on that, where can I make a difference? Mm-hmm. Rather than just being angry about something, either I want to put that fire out. And if I can't put that fire out, I want to focus my attention on, okay, but where else can I be effective? Mm-hmm. And so all of the, uh, what I call the uncomfortable emotions, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there's fear underneath them. Mm-hmm. underneath anger underneath sadness underneath guilt and shame there's ultimately fear underneath all of that stuff underneath hate mm-hmm. you know yeah it's uh it's there there's fear if you're hating someone it's because you're afraid of something mm-hmm. so you want to tap to address that that doesn't mean that you're going to automatically go oh what they're doing is okay and now i'm totally okay you go ahead and you go 
no, not at all. It allows me to get to a place where I'm not being controlled because hate shuts off my prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. And the choices that I make, not good choices. I, I may resort to violence uh, or, you know, physical or verbal. And, uh, you know, and then that just leaves, 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 uh, leaves devastation. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to calm down the system and go. Okay, what am I afraid of? Is it based on truth? And what is the real solution here? And how do I get to a real solution? Ideally, a peaceful solution, mm-hmm. as opposed to me just going, oh, I'm upset and I'm going to smash everything around <laughs> and I'm going to get on social media and yell at people and tell them what idiots they are and and hate them. And it's like that just doesn't solve anything. <laughs> <laughs> peace inside and then spread peace i, I wear this r- blue wristband you can see it all in my videos mm-hmm. it says cultivate peace mm-hmm. that's, that's all i'm up to with this is cultivating peace so that we can find peaceful resolutions to that stuff that uh that that we've been hating and it's like okay where do i find the solution and then mm-hmm. it helps us to think more clearly it to feel better to do better and to live better and then create a better world this by starting Within, yeah, I like it. It's so simple. It, I mean, it seems really simple. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's it, ultimately there's the, you know some of the issues are complex, but yeah, it, but getting to the point of what I'm where I'm at is I'm experiencing love or I'm experiencing fear, and that fear causes stress. And mm-hmm. if I can deal with that stress, I can start to find the solution to that, and then I can start to you know as I clean up my environment, I can clean up a, a larger environment and make a difference in the world. And I can spread that. Sure. But, uh, I can't, if, if I'm coming, I, I can't create more peace through hate. You know, as, as Dr. King said, well, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only you mean we, we, we can't have a peace through war? What, isn't that <laughs> what we were told? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that was the slogan for a while yeah <laughs> but yeah no you know, I, we, I, we I, there I, are there are times where we have to defend ourselves sure uh, you know obviously yeah. we can't it's not a matter of stepping back and saying yeah. come and come and attack me right but but it's uh, allowing ourselves to find whatever solutions we can yeah. and recognizing that, that that people coming at us are coming from a place of fear and it's like, okay, if I if I can cultivate more peace, I can spread that, and maybe that person won't feel the fear that's uh, that's causing their bad behavior. So, would you say this is kind of like an in the moment kind of a, a tool when someone is feeling a fear, a heightened uh, sensation of anger, fear, hate, whatever it may be? Like, so it's in a kind of acute tool. Absolutely, it's you know. It's to me, this is energy hygiene. Okay. So we have physical hygiene like brushing our teeth and right. bathing. Most of us do it on a daily basis, whether we think we need it or not. Most of us don't wait until people are holding their nose around us and go, <laughs> I'm taking a shower in two weeks. I should probably do that. Or I haven't brushed my teeth in a week. We do it before it's necessary. Right. And, and uh, so, so we might brush our teeth in the morning and at night. And then throughout mm-hmm. the day, you know, it's like I've just eaten some cookies and, uh, you know, I've got Oreo chocolate in my teeth. I might brush my teeth then. I don't say, well, you know, I brushed my teeth this morning. I'm going to do it again tonight. So even though I'm going out in public right now, I'm going to go out with the stuff all over my teeth. So we use it as directed. So to me, tapping is ideally a, a daily thing because most mm-hmm. of us have levels of stress we're not even aware of. Right. So just like brushing teeth or bathing, do it before you're aware that you need it because <laughs> by the time mm-hmm. you're aware that you need it, it's problematic. Right. And then, and then also throughout the day, if something comes up, then tap to clear that. So it's, it, it's the original version of it was, you know, we, we start with, oh, I'm really stressed out right now. So we tap and say, even though I'm stressed, I choose to love and accept myself. Mm-hmm. And then we tap through all these points, the stress, the stress, the stress. But you can also do it saying prayers or saying mm-hmm. affirmations. 
That's that's why I do in the morning. I, I tapping is the first thing I do in the morning. But it's not because I wake up in a bad mood. It's like ah, oh, even though it's another crappy day, here we go. <laughs> I, but I wake up and I'll I'll say prayers while tapping, or say affirmations, mm-hmm. or I'll tap silently, mm-hmm. just because I want to clear any possible ambient stress. I want to clear any resistance I might have to what what's in store for the day, what mm-hmm. I have uh, in in front of me. I want to be as open. I want to be as much my best self as possible. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the day, if something happens that that upsets me, it's like, okay, even though that person cut me off in traffic or whatever, <laughs> and uh, and so I'll clear that because I don't want to have my uh, behavior hijacked by something that someone right. else did. So do you recommend it being kind of like a, a morning, maybe evening routine, and then as needed? How do you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and as I said, you can tap while saying affirmations, mm-hmm. lyrics to songs, whatever you feel like. Right. I, I Again, I've got, you know, over a thousand videos on YouTube. So if and these are, you know, between yeah. five and 10 minutes. Okay. So if you just don't want to come up with the wording yourself, I've already provided the wording and you can just tap along and, 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 you know, and just look up on YouTube tapping and whatever it is like money issues. If you're going, oh, mm-hmm. I'm worried about debt. Well, I've got a video on debt. I want to make more money. I've got videos on money. I'm mad at my parents. I've got videos on parents. And how like does that. that work? Is it like a meditative kind of like how, I mean, how does, how would tapping help you with your money issues or your parental disgruntledness or I don't know, behavior? So, yeah. so here's a question, Courtney. Do you think that your, um, your behavior affects your money situation? Sure. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Your Can actions, you see that, your choices, yeah. Yeah. So does stress affect our behavior and our choices? Sure. So if we can address our stress, wouldn't that then there therefore make a difference in our money situation? <laughs> yes. No, maybe not directly, but yes, there could be a connection, sure. Yeah. Because like if we're if we're spending if if we're addicted to retail therapy and we mm-hmm. spend emotionally, mm-hmm. Our money situation is very much controlled by our emotions. Sure. Our our work situation, how we show up at work, or whether we, you know, we go in and we blow a job interview. Because most of us, most people say they want more money, but the truth is we at a conscious level, and our conscious yeah. mind is like five to ten percent of our mind. The other right. ninety to ninety-five percent is the unconscious that's dealing with things like money is the root of all evil, and <laughs> rich people are greedy and do evil things. Right. And so we had that behavior. So while I'm saying I'd love to have more money, part of this is like, yeah, you don't want to be a rich, greedy person. Your parents would disown you, and you would, you know, you'd be awful, and God would hate you because you have money, and all of this stuff that we we're not consciously aware of. Uh-huh. But we look at a, you know, we have this job and it's like, wow, that job would pay great. And, and our back of our mind is saying, and if we had that kind of money, everybody would be jealous. I'd probably make, be making unethical choices. Uh, I'd be a bad person if I made that kind of money. And I forget to go to the job interview. Or I, or, or I, um, or I go and I just totally blow it because I'm, I'm Self-sabotage mm. is misguided self-love. Mm-hmm. So when we sabotage our money situation, that's because we are afraid of having more money than we believe is appropriate. And that's all at, a, at an unconscious level with this, this stress. I get stressed out about having more money than what I think is safe. Maybe it's more having more money than my parents had mm-hmm. or, or whatever it might be, more money than my friends have. Mm-hmm. So as I clear that, I can allow myself to be more comfortable with how it's like, if I have more money, I can donate more to charity. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to share my gifts and talents more. That's the, the main reason I love to tap on money is not because I'm one of these people. It's like, oh, you know, everybody should be rich and I want you to have, it's not about greed or anything like that. Term. It's because I'm a gift unwrapper. Mm-hmm. I believe that people have gifts and talent to share with the world that makes the world I a better place. Yeah. And if someone has a belief about they shouldn't make more money, then one of the best ways to resist the money that they think is unsafe is to withhold their gifts and talents. And I won't stand for that. (laughs) So I'm like, if a fear of money is stopping you from sharing your gifts and talents, then please clear that 
so that you say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to make the positive difference I can make with my gifts and talents. And if the world rewards me with money, I'm just going to have to deal with that. <laughs> that's, a, it, that's actually, it's really profound. Um, I, I believe that too. I think everybody was endowed with unique gifts and talents and it's incumbent upon us to discover them, hone them so that we can be of contribution to the world. And uh, yeah, there is a lot of attachment. You can't, um, I shouldn't say you can't, but it's very difficult to achieve something that you judge negatively. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, we can make vision boards and we say, oh, I really mm-hmm. want that, that picture of me driving a Maserati or whatever it might be. Right. And, the, and the unconscious mind is, is saying, that's fine. You go ahead and fantasize about that, but you know that that would disappoint your parents or God or whoever. And so mm-hmm. we're going to make sure it never happens. We also have this belief about who we are, mm-hmm. and uh, Dr. Joyce Brothers said, "You will never behave. You will never behave consistently in a manner that is inconsistent with how you see yourself. Mm-hmm. And as you, if you see yourself as, uh, you know, I'm I'm poor, I'm not talented, I'm not smart, uh, whatever it might be, I'm not going to show up in the world doing things at a consistent level." Uh, that are outside of that identity. Mm-hmm. So when we tap and we clear those negative beliefs about ourselves that, that tell us we're not good enough, we're not worthy, and we realized, you know, I'm a magnificent child of God or the universe or whatever word you want to use, mm-hmm. then it's like, wow, everything is here for me and nothing is too good for me. Mm-hmm. And I can really show up and, and I, and I want to share the best of what I have to make a positive difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's beautiful. And yeah, I, I agree. A lot of people do hold themselves back because they have a, a you know, they have an identity that that's been formed, whether they're whether consciously or not. Sometimes consciously, yeah. it's a persona they projected. And that happens actually a lot with uh, people who are public, you know, they uh, but it doesn't even have to be public figures. You know, this can happen just within your circle, you know, your sphere of influence, and you've created a persona. And then it's very hard for people to break free of that. And be, they Absolutely. don't want to behave out of consistent, you know, inconsistently with that. We af- we avoid change, and uh, we we want things to be different, mm-hmm. but okay. we resist change. Right. And and there's no, a part of it that very. says, if I changed, if I became a better version of myself, I'd get up in the morning, look in the mirror, and I'd be calling nine one one, saying there's a stranger in my house. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's like I, even if our lives are crap, right. it's our crap. It's the crap I dealt with yesterday and last year, and mm-hmm. I know how to handle it. So why would I want to change that for something? I'm going to say that I want to change it. Right. But I'm going to do things at an unconscious level, and majority of our behavior is unconscious, to make sure that everything is status quo. And I'm going to keep things the way they were while I'm telling people I want things to be different. And it's not because we're bad or stupid. It's not that we're weak or lazy. There's no such thing as lazy. We mm-hmm. just have resistance to something that feels threatening to our persona, to to what's familiar to us. Yeah. And it shows up as stress. Mm-hmm. As we clear that stress, we create this, this greater comfort zone where we can show up in a new way, make a bigger difference, and, and receive bigger rewards in life. When wow. We- it's, yeah. So I, the, it's really interesting when you say that about like uh, your own... Uh, whatever your own adversity or hardship is. They, they actually did a study on this and I don't remember what it was called or when it was done. Uh, but I remember the study because it was so interesting where uh, they, you had a group of people and they all had, you know, whatever their adversities, their challenges were. And uh, they, they had a choice of being able to take on somebody else's, you know, or to keep their own. And every single person wanted to keep their own. We crave what is familiar. And it's been yeah. throughout all kinds of history. Uh, the to be or not to be speech by Shakespeare yeah. and Hamlet. Um, the Declaration of Independence. Thomas mm-hmm. Jefferson writes about this. Mm-hmm. We tend to deal with what is known because it's familiar. Even if we don't like it, right. it feels safer than the unknown. And mm-hmm. so it's, but that that fear of the unknown, it, it's misunderstandings most of the time. And it shows up as stress. Right. If only we had a way of dealing with that. <laughs> we can tap it away. Uh, not like a, like a magic wand almost. So I'm can just you, saying, so if you, you find yourself not achieving what you want, if you're not having that happiness, mm-hmm. then I encourage you to go to, go to YouTube and, and look it up. 
go to my website. I have, I have a couple of free programs on uh, tapping into your best self or tapping into success beyond belief. Uh-huh. Free programs to, to help you clear the stress that, that's holding you back. Can you give a, an example or two of somebody? Because I think that's something like, you know, that somebody having great success after, ha- you know, doing the tapping. Well, you're looking at one. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. was, I was pretty unsuccessful before I got into this work. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, I'm joyfully get to do what I love around the world and yeah. uh, have a, a, a sizable YouTube following. Um, I've told people, I didn't, I didn't so much leave acting as I've now written, directed and starred and produced, uh, over a thousand of my own short films that have been seen <laughs> by millions of people. So, uh, but yeah, all kinds of YouTube doesn't love me nearly as much. So, uh, that transition did, was not as seamless, but <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Even though I might be resisting more success on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, and, and totally Courtney, this is where I yeah. work with folks is. Yeah. The extent to which we don't have what we say we want mm-hmm. tends to be the extent to which we are resisting it. Mm-hmm. So I always look at why might you know, we we might even though you have your own show, mm-hmm. you know you have the yeah. Courtney Turner show, but yeah. there may be th- parts of you that say, "I have some fear of being seen. I can be seen by this many people, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be seen by that many people." Mm-hmm. And I always come from this place of why might I resist? greater success. I do this for myself. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I have this many hundreds of thousands of followers. Why not? Why not more than that? Mm-hmm. And it's always just evolving and, and allowing ourselves to be open to, to more and more and looking at mm-hmm. why might we, we hold that back. Right. Yeah, sure. I, I think that's a, yeah, we should all look at that for sure. No, I think we all put, we all put limitations on ourselves, whether we're aware or not. Oh. And 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 everyone at the mm-hmm. highest level of success. I I have clients who are at the top of their field. Mm-hmm. Sure. And but they are recognize. I know that there's more possible. There are. Uh, you know, this is even though it looks a little strange, <laughs> and until you get used to it, there are. It's it's not just you know the the lunatic fringe using this or weirdos. Mm-hmm. There are people sure. that you don't know about at the highest levels of mm-hmm. sports. There mm-hmm. are, you know, World Series winning baseball teams and Super Bowl winning football teams that use tapping. Uh, Olympic athletes that are using this, um, mm-hmm. movie stars and musicians and and people that your audience might go, oh my goodness, I love this person. It's like, well, some of, some of these people are are using this because they want to experience a higher level, either a higher level of success. Well, they mm-hmm. want to enjoy their success more. It's like, yeah, I have the, the wealth and the fame, right. but I'm feeling some emptiness or I'm not as connected to my partner mm-hmm. or whatever else it might be. And allowing, you know, looking at those places and going, how can we shift the mindset mm-hmm. such that uh, your success is that much more fulfilling on all, all right. levels? So how does it, how does this work? You said there's all eight, uh, eight spots, meridians, I guess they are, yeah. that you're... Okay. Yeah. You want to, we walk through it real quick? Sure. Let's walk through it and we'll wrap with that. Yeah. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the, um, the fingertips of your index and middle finger on your uh, dominant hand. Mm -hmm. And I don't do, does this should go out to audio folks on Mm -hmm. audio? It does. Yeah. So I'll, so I'll describe this such that people just listening can get it. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so taking the, and you can tap with either hand on either side of the body or both at the same time, because the meridians run up and down both sides of the body. Okay. So we're going to, again, taking your dominant hand just for the sake of everyone knows I'm a lefty. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, taking the boy scout out, um, using the fingertips and we're going to tap gently on the opposite hand, right on the edge of the hand, right between the wrist and pinky. Okay. So we gently start there and, and we start with what's called the setup phrase. So if we're tapping on something that's bothering us, say, uh, I'm really angry at Bob. You know, Bob, Bob pulled a move at work yesterday and I'm just so ticked off. Mm-hmm. And I would say, okay, I'm angry at Bob. On a scale of zero to 10, how strong is it? Uh, it's an eight. He really pissed me off. Oh. And, I, and to, to know where in my body it is, I would say, um, okay, I, I feel this tension in my shoulders. 
great. Now I know how, how it's showing up for me. So I would tap on the side of the hand and say, even though I'm angry at Bob, I choose to love and accept myself. And I'd say that three times. And because what we resist persists. And most of us right. try to just ignore what's bothering us. No, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. So this is a matter of self-acceptance. I acknowledge that I'm feeling this. Mm-hmm. So we do that three times and or whatever the issue is. You know, it mm-hmm. may be this tension in my shoulders, even though I'm feeling this stress. Then we'll tap right here at the beginning of your eyebrow. So right near the center of your face, the, the, the beginning of either eyebrow. And we gently tap there and say, this issue or this stress. Then we go to the side of the eye. So follow your eyebrow out to the uh, corner of your eye and gently tap there and say the issue again, this stress. Then tapping right under the middle of your eye, just above your cheek, this stress. Right under your nose, this stress. Right under your lower lip, just above your chin, this stress. Now, right where your collarbones just about come together, you can feel there's a little U-shape at the base of your throat. Mm-hmm. You can tap with all of your fingertips or even make a fist and tap where the collarbones come together. Distress. Next point is right under your armpit. So right about four inches below your armpit, it's right about bra strap level. And I'm sure even the guys can figure out where that is. <laughs> tap with all your fingertips there, all the stress. And finally, the top of your head. So tap with all your fingertips around the crown of your head. Mm-hmm. Distress, and then take a deep breath, and then I would have the person check in again, and say, "Okay, now, you know, how angry at Bob are you now?" Mm-hmm. They might, if it was an eight before, and you felt in your shoulders, it might go. Sometimes it'll go from an eight to a zero like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'll go from an eight to a five. Sometimes an eight to a seven point seven five. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, feel a little bit better. And if you've been in an eight for a while, 7.75 is some nice relief. <laughs> and and what also happens is we it's often like peeling the layers of the onion. So we get more clarity as we look at the issue. So I might be tapping all this anger at Bob, all this anger at, oh, wait a minute. It's not even Bob. <laughs> it's Usually that's the, the case. Yeah. Right, right. And what Bob did reminded me of something that I've been pissed off about for decades mm-hmm. and now i can clear this anger you know the body keeps the score i've yeah. been holding on to this anger at cindy in my body and it's been directing my life in subtle ways for decades and now i can start to let that go and make peace with that and i have a whole other level of freedom that i've never experienced that's why we call it emotional freedom techniques <laughs> right right so awesome. and then and then, and then you can turn that around. So again, you can be tapping positive things, you know, mm-hmm. and the Lord's prayer or, or any the, the serenity prayer. I often tap while saying the serenity prayer, especially while looking at the news and seeing stuff. It's like, <laughs> oh, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and, right. and, and, and feeling that. So you can use different wording while doing it or, or again, do it silently, but, um, or, or again, watch, Go through my free programs or the uh, the videos on YouTube, and just follow along. And if if different wording comes up for you, feel free to change the wording. But a lot of times, you you may just find that repeating back the same things I'm saying about, you know, if you're dealing with a dad issue or or a money issue, and just just go along and just see, oh yeah, that might be what I'm holding on to, and and just feel the release. Yeah. I, de- I mean, even without like a full intentionality, it's definitely relaxing. I mean, that's, yeah. 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 Just like biologically, you know. it's just, it's yeah. just using our natural mm-hmm. body system. Mm-hmm. Just the way our, our body is designed mm-hmm. that we just weren't aware of for a very long time. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, this is, you know, it's like finding some, a, a new page in the owner's manual. It's like, <laughs> I didn't know I could do that. It's like right. finding a new function on your phone. It's like, you can do that. <laughs> I can I can tap these points and calm down the stress in my body. Wow, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Well, tell everybody where they can find your YouTube and uh, yeah, find all your work and anything else you want to share and the, your books. And uh, if you have anything else you want to leave us with, please do. All right. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, so the easiest way is to go to my website, tapwithbrad.com. And, and then, like I said, you can get the free programs there on tapping your best self or success beyond belief. You'll find uh, 
links to the research about tapping. You'll find links to my children's books, The Wizard's Wish and A Garden of Emotions, and links to the YouTube channel. And I'm all over social media at Tap with Brad. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you all for watching and listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.